All right, how we doing? Welcome back to the Sports Med Analytics Podcast. Thanks for joining today. I am your host, Dr. Deepak Chona, but you should call me Pac. This week three injury list is so extensive, it would make you think it's like week 15. So we're just going to dive right in. Starting with Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. Now, fractured rib cartilage has him a true game time decision for week three. I would lean towards him playing. Friday's DNP was a planned rest day, and the fact that he's gotten in some throwing work does bode well. Position players average two weeks for this injury, but quarterbacks tend to return a little faster, and Herbert will be about 10 days out. If he does play, expect the focus to be on the short passing game to keep him protected, get the ball out of his hands. Deep balls and, of course, hits are going to cause him the most pain. I'm optimistic, but I'd keep a backup ready. Next up, Alvin Kamara, running back for the Saints. Another case of fractured rib cartilage. Kamara does look poised to return in week three. He'll be right at that two-week average recovery timeline for position players. And as long as he doesn't take any big hits to the injured area, our algorithm projects a nearly fully explosive version of himself. No major snap count limitations are anticipated, but in-game re-aggravation of this injury is a real risk. Next up, Michael Pittman, wide receiver for the Colts. Highly likely to play, he's about 10 days out from sustaining that quad injury. Now, most quad contusions and strains take at least two weeks for players to return to their normal levels. But an 80% Pittman is still a startable wide receiver in most year-long fantasy formats, considering you got him probably around uh, round five in your draft. He is a risky pick for DFS because of that 20% projected performance dip, but at least you know he's going to get targets, so in PPR, he's still pretty reasonable in an offense that is lacking other weapons on the perimeter. Next up, James Conner. Now, Conner will almost certainly be a true game-time decision. I would lean towards him playing. Low severity, low ankle sprains, like the ones suggested by his injury video and his practice progression so far, don't tend to result in major performance dips for players. However, the Cardinals' backfield's pretty deep, and teams do do tend to spread the touches around when their lead back has an ankle sprain. I'd avoid him in DFS format. Next up, George Kittle. Kittle is officially off the injury report, as we expected, now almost three weeks removed from his grade 2 groin strain, which is about league average for return timeline. At this point, our data would suggest that Kittle should be about 90% of himself, or in other words, a very reasonable starting option at tight end for year-long or DFS formats. There is about a 20% recurrence risk to watch out for in his first two games back, but if he avoids that outcome, then we'd expect him to be pretty much back to normal the rest of the way. Next up, Chris Godwin. Now, Godwin got ruled out for the second week in a row. When we first saw the injury video, we anticipated a week five or six return. Hamstring strains only average about three weeks for wide receivers, but strong hamstrings protect the ACL that he had surgically reconstructed only eight months ago. Now, if I'm his doc, I'm advising him to go slow, protect that knee at all costs. At week six, he should be about 90% of where he was during week one. By November, he projects to be about 90% of where he was last year before the ACL tear. Strong buy low candidate if you have the patience to wait. Next up, another strong buy low candidate, Michael Gallup. His practice progression and comments from the Cowboys' leadership, especially Stephen Jones, their COO, suggest that Gallup will be active against the Giants, but he'd be beating the typical timelines by about two months if he does so. Functionally, that means we should expect to see major limitations in endurance and snap counts. 
Given his profile as a 26-year-old wide receiver, 50th percentile pre-injury athletic metrics, our algorithm projects return of 90% of his pre-injury form in December. He does have a nice upgraded role, and the fact that Dak Prescott will be returning mid-season does make Gallup a strong buy-low candidate in dynasty and year-long formats for me, but he's too risky to start in the next two to four weeks. Next up, Cowboys teammate Dalton Schultz. Schultz injured his PCL about a week ago, and he will very likely miss week three. This knee remains relatively stable with the injury, so the key is just getting the swelling down and the motion back to normal. That generally doesn't take more than about two weeks for NFL players, so Schultz has a pretty reasonable chance to play week four or five. The thing, though, is that with these in-season PCL injuries, they do tend to affect production, and you can look no further than his teammate Zeke Elliott from last year. So Schultz is probably not looking fully like his old self for about four weeks post-injury. Next, Rondale Moore. He sustained a reportedly severe hamstring strain leading up to week one, and he is now out for week three. These average four to six weeks for wide receivers, the biggest impact generally is seen on speed-oriented players like Rondale Moore. So the hamstrings are major drivers of sprinting ability, and that's really where this comes into play. Expect more to progress and return to practice over the next one to two weeks. Next up, J.K. Dobbins. Now, Dobbins is 14 months out from a combination of injuries, ACL plus LCL plus meniscus, and that averages about 15 months return for players. Based on his progression, we lean towards him seeing some playing time in week three, but it is very much a game time call. There's no format, however, in which we would safely plan to start him in lineups at the moment. The typical progression for young running backs off of this type of major knee surgery involves a four-week ramp up in snap count. By the midpoint of the season, we project the return of about 85% of Dobbins' pre-injury explosiveness, but we consider him a pretty risky start at best before week six. Next up, Ravens teammate Devin Duvernay. Coming off the concussion, Duvernay should be right back at his pre-injury productivity. That's great news for owners who recently scooped him up off waivers with high hopes after that 103-yard kickoff return to start off week two and then two receiving touchdowns in week one. Don't let the injury designation scare you too far away if you had prior plans to start Duvernay. Concussions, as we just saw with T. Higgins, don't tend to drop performance for wide receivers. So Duvernay should be back to where he was in the end of week two. Next up, Zach Wilson. Now, Zach Wilson has been out for a while. Look for him to progress in practice next week and make his season debut probably week four. Typical return timelines for bone bruises, which is his rate-limiting step now that the meniscus recovery is essentially complete, takes six to eight weeks, and he'll be close to the upper end of that range. QBs don't see much of a performance drop, so as long as he doesn't experience a setback in the near future, he should be back to pre-injury form against the Steelers. Next is Dak Prescott. Dak has stayed on our, on our radar because of the mixed reporting on the timeline out of Dallas. Nor, normal return takes about five to six weeks, so we're still projecting Dak back in week seven or eight for the Cowboys, with pre-injury level of play returning around week 10. Now, Jerry Jones made some comments suggesting week five is a target for Dak, but it's hard to imagine him beating established timelines for quarterbacks on a thumb injury on his throwing hand by a full two weeks. Next up, Jameis Winston. Jameis reportedly has four fractures in his back, most likely transverse or spinous process fractures, which means they're structurally stable but very painful. 
Normal pocket-based play won't really worsen this injury, but a big hit could definitely result in more pain that could also affect how he plays. Practice progression suggests that he won't miss game time this week, however. Next up, running back for the Lions, DeAndre Swift. Swift is again listed as questionable with an ankle injury, but we'd again expect him to play. Ankle sprains for running backs who are logging consistent practice time, which Swift currently is, do not tend to drop their per-play productivity. The thing to keep in mind, though, is that their backups do tend to get a slight bump up in opportunity, and that's kind of what the trend we're looking for from DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams this week. Next, Gabe Davis. Davis is trending towards playing only eight days removed from his ankle sprain. His practice video didn't look awesome from this week, but working in his favor is SMA data pointing to minimal impact on wide receiver performance for low severity ankle sprains. Overall, we consider him a risky start, but also a reasonable one to make in most formats. Next, Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy, huge week one, and then of course knocked out of week two with rib and shoulder injuries. Video suggested a low severity AC joint sprain, and that's an injury to the shoulder. And negative x-rays would mean everything is structurally stable, so this would come down to pain control. We would lean based on his progression towards Judy being out there. The problem is, even if he plays, there is some performance impact expected, probably 10 to 20%, but his diagnosis is a little unclear, so we can't really narrow that range down any with any more certainty. Buyer beware also that he is playing Sunday night, so if I have other backup options during the Sunday or Monday night games, then I'd consider waiting on Judy's active-inactive decision, but if that's not the case, even as a Judy owner, I'd rather play somebody else than risk the goose egg in his spot. Next, Keenan Allen, wide receiver for the Chargers. Now, initial reports of a mild hamstring strain made Allen a likely go for a week three at about 90% of his prior form. He was progressing exactly on the expected track, except that then he missed practice Friday. And that means either a setback or an initial understatement of the injury severity. The most common trend we'd see here is three limited practices in a row before returning to game action. So Friday's DNP does make his projection, it takes his projection down from a 75% chance of playing down to slightly below 50%. So it's a pretty big deal. That in combination with the uncertainty around the Herbert injury mean Allen is probably going to be a highly volatile, volatile player this week. Either way, we wouldn't expect his absence to last much longer as three weeks is the typical timeline for most wide receiver hamstrings. And that is all we got for you today. Again, I am Deepak Chona with Sportsmed Analytics. If you like what, you, what you're hearing, what you're seeing, hit us up on Twitter, follow SportMD Analysis. And if we missed anybody, tweet at me with your questions and we will get them answered. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Sportsmed Analytics as well. We will keep you updated with all the winning edges in fantasy football injuries. And you just keep on listening. Until next time, signing off.